Um, well, as, as many of you, uh, many of you know um, already, uh, maybe you, you don't know, um, I do greatly enjoy music, um, and I'm and a musical person. So when I was an undergrad at Duke, I decided that I couldn't go through college at, at a good liberal arts university without taking um, some type of music class. And, uh, and so I looked over the schedule going into my junior year, and I decided to take a class called History of American Musicals. Uh, I love musicals, and I ended up really liking the class when the final of a class is to act out and sing a scene from a musical, you take that class. <laughs> anyway, I remember one of the, the interesting things that I learned from that class was just how difficult it was and is for writers and directors and composers to figure out a way to weave together script spoken script and dialogue with songs, right? I mean, if you really think about it, like you have characters acting and, and having a conversation and carrying on like normal day-to-day uh, -day people, and then all of a sudden people just break out into full-fledged song. I mean, if you really think about it, it's kind of ridiculous, right? So the challenge is to, how to, to make that transition between dialogue and acting and, and singing um, as natural and as inevitable as possible so that it's not super, super awkward. So some musicals do this better than others. And, and my professor taught us that the goal uh, for a director was always to try and give the characters a reason to have a song on their hearts. To give the characters a reason to have a song on their hearts. If characters always have this, this sense of, of melody in their innermost being, then it's not as surprising then when they uh, burst out in song, when it bursts out in song in the middle of a, a scene. What would make you burst out into song? What would make you go all Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music? What kind of things make your heart sing? Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, also, if anybody happens to see a brown Bible laying around, uh, I cannot find my pulpit Bible this morning. <laughs> it's gone. So I, I'm doing what I hate to do, which is read it from my phone, but it is what it is. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Ephesians, uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, beginning with 15th chapter to, or excuse me, the 15th verse to the 20th verse. Listen for God's word. So be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity because these are evil times. Because of this, don't be ignorant, but understand the Lord's will. Don't get drunk on wine, which produces depravity. Instead, be filled with the Spirit in the following ways. Speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to the Lord in your hearts. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I, I, get, the, I get the feeling that Paul thinks we have a reason to sing as Christians. I get the sense that Paul thinks we should always be making melody to the Lord in our hearts, like characters in a well-written musical always seem to have a reason to be able to break out into song. 
Be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, as you sing songs and psalms and spiritual hymns amongst yourself, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. What an interesting phrase, right? What, what exactly does it mean to make melody to the Lord in your heart? I mean, is it audible? Like, is it this uh, rhythm deep in our bones? Is it a some people got it, some people don't kind of thing? I certainly hope not. I mean, we were created to worship and glorify God forever. All creation sings God's praise. All you have to do is look at the Psalms. As the psalmist says, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant, everything that is in them, and all the trees of the forest sing for joy. So all creation rejoices before God, so don't we as well? Maybe uh, making melody in our hearts is about having uh, this underlying and, and permeating sense of joy and thanksgiving that continuously just compels us to praise and give thanks to God. An appeal to the heart is an appeal to the very center of our being, to our very core or essence, to be filled with praise and worship for God. The, the melody on our hearts is nothing less than our, our authentic response to what God has done and is doing for us. And so a heart song comes from the very center of who we are, the very depths of our existence. We worship a God who, as Paul has reminded us earlier in Ephesians, if you read through the letter, among other things, has blessed us in the heavenly places, who has adopted us as His children, who has made known to us the beautiful mystery of His will, who has saved us by grace, who has sealed us with the Holy Spirit, who has made us alive in Jesus Christ when we were dead in our trespasses, who has broken down the dividing wall of hostility, who has built us together into a dwelling place for God, and on and on we could go. I mean, how could we not, right? How could we not be filled with an, with an inexpressible song of joy and thanksgiving? No wonder. No wonder Paul says and tells us to sing and give thanks from our hearts because we've been filled with an inexpressible joy and thanksgiving because of what God has done. We've tuned into the melody of God's grace and love for us and our hearts are now singing along. It's like a tune that you just can't get out of your head. But Paul, but Paul is cautiously aware that our hearts can just as easily be tuned to other melodies, that we can just as easily begin to sing other songs. In fact, what he's suggesting is that whatever we, we try to let fill us up, whatever becomes our habits, becomes what tunes our hearts, becomes the song we sing. So no wonder then, Paul says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. When we're drunk with wine, our lives and hearts sing drinking songs. When we're filled up with self-centered power, our lives and hearts sing power songs. When we're obsessed with money, our lives sing money songs. When we saturate ourselves with Facebook or cable news or talk radio, we sing their songs. But Paul is saying, don't do any of that. Don't, don't empty a $25 bottle of California wine and mistakenly think that the buzz we feel is evidence of the fulfilling presence of God. Don't go out and buy things thinking that the glee you feel is evidence of the fulfilling presence of God. Don't walk around in judgmental or self-righteous manner thinking how powerful and good you feel is evidence of God's presence. 
Don't soak up what the, the TV pundits say or your social media feed and mistake it for the gospel or the truth. Don't be filled with anything less than the Holy Spirit. Don't tune your hearts to anything less than the Holy Spirit because it, it affects what you sing. The Spirit, the Spirit alone, God's loving presence is what tunes our hearts to sing God's grace as the great hymn says. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. When we try to tune our heart, our, our innermost selves, our core being to anything other than the Holy Spirit, God's love for us, we end up singing the wrong kind of song. Instead of, of making melody in our hearts to God, we're just making noise. You know, interestingly enough, noise happens to be one of the means by which C.S. Lewis contrasts the godly with the demonic in his classic work, The Screwtape Letters. As Screwtape, the head demon, is writing to his apprentice demon about music, he says, music in silence, how I detest them both. No square inch of infernal space and no moment of infernal time has been surrendered to either of those abominable forces. But all has been occupied by noise. Noise, the grand dynamism, the audible expression of all that is exultant, ruthless, and viral. We will make the whole universe a noise in the end. We've already begun to make great strides in that direction as regards to earth. The melodies and silences of heaven will be shouted down in the end with noise. But I admit we're not quite there yet, or anything like it. Research is still in progress. Noise, or the melody of God, which is the song of our hearts. Whatever we try to fill ourselves with, becomes the tuner for our hearts, becomes the song, the melody that we sing. So when we are filled, when we are filled by the very power and presence of the Holy Spirit, it tunes our hearts to the beautiful melody of God's love and God's way. And then, then at some point, just like the characters in a musical, the song that has been on our hearts, the melody deeply embedded there, infused and guided by the Holy Spirit, cannot help but to burst forth with thankfulness and joy. And it may not look the same for, for every person, but it is meant to come out and overflow somehow in our lives. And you see this in Scripture. There are lots of examples of this, but it's interesting the places we see this in Scripture where we encounter this sudden bursting forth of, of, of melody, of thanksgiving or praise or prayer because of the Holy Spirit. There's always a kind of incredulous, uh, there's always kind of an incredulous reaction in response, Hannah did not yet have any children, and she went to the house of the Lord day after day, and she wept, and she poured out her heart and soul to the Lord in prayer, and as she prayed, Eli the priest observed her mouth, and she was speaking, but no words were coming out. Her voice was not heard. She must be drunk, Eli thinks. No, Hannah was just bursting forth in prayer. She was singing her song. When this Ark of the Covenant finally came to the city of David, David took such delight added that he danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. And the daughter of Saul looked down and despised him in her heart. He must be simply vulgar, she thinks. 
Oh, David was just bursting forth in praise. He was singing his song. When the unnamed woman that we talked about a couple of weeks ago came before Jesus and poured out that expensive ointment at his feet, wiped her, her feet with wiped his feet with her hair and her tears. She's just a silly, wasteful sinner, they said. No, she was just singing her song. Couldn't help but come out. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples as, as tongues of fire and as a, as a rushing wind, they begin to speak in other languages. They must be drinking early in the morning. No, they're just bursting forth with, with words of power. They're singing their song. The melody that's on our hearts, God's tune, has a way of making its way out into our lives. Now, I'm not advocating that simply singing more strongly or robustly and joyfully out loud proves that your heart is making melody to the Lord, but for some, that might be true. Paul does say that we should be singing, always be singing psalms and spiritual songs and hymns together with one another as we're as we're filled with the the Spirit. And I don't think we can cheat our way out of this by claiming, well, I just can't sing good. That's about authenticity, not pitch. Christians have have always been a people who sing to God, literally. For some, the melody of thankfulness and joy might come bursting forth. In other ways, the song you, you sing may look different. A raw, honest prayer through receiving Holy Communion, through an extravagant display of love, through a complete reorientation of your life, through a poem or, or a painting or some artistic creation, through, through sharing the good news of Jesus with a coworker or, or a friend. What matters most is that melody in your heart comes forth in your life. It's a song meant to be sung out loud. <clears throat> There's a bird in, in Europe called the chaffinch. And in Europe, this bird has become um, a very popular house pet. The bird looks somewhat like a robin, but sings like a canary. And there's some strange, strange things about this bird. One is that if the wild chaffinch is not exposed to the adult male's song during a certain developmental period after hatching, it will never learn the song. For the birds that become house pets... Once or twice a year, their owners must take them out into the wild in their cages so that they can hear the song of the wild chaffinch. If this doesn't occur, the birds begin to mope and grow despondent, and eventually, if they lose their song, they literally lose their life. You know, is it really different for those of us who have heard God's song and have God's melody in our hearts, but cease to sing it ourselves? When we stop singing, when, we, when making melody in our hearts does not come bursting forth in our lives, we can also become despondent and lethargic. And then we're, where will everyone else hear that tune of God from? We must share the melody on our hearts with the world. Isn't that the very pattern of worship? We come to worship to hear God's melody, and then we respond back and learn it again and again so that we begin to sing it ourselves once we leave this place. It must be a a constant song of thanksgiving at at all times and in every circumstance, says Paul. Our lives sing so that others can hear. 
I had a reality check on my lack of sharing God's song, lack of singing my song, uh, many, many years ago when one of my friends wrote me a message on Facebook thanking me that I did not share my faith with him. He said, I know you're a Christian, and one of the things I appreciate about you is that you don't talk about it much with me. Yikes. I had not been singing. Our lives are supposed to sing so that others can hear. Make sure that others hear the melody that God's put on your heart. It should be like that tune that's possible to get out of your head. Brothers and sisters, we have learned a song. We have been taught the very love song of God and Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that fills us. We have learned the song that speaks to the greatest good news the world has ever known. And now God is inviting us to sing it with every fiber of our being. How can we keep from singing? We can't. We can't. It's a melody that's laid on our hearts that overflows into every aspect of our life. And sing and play it we must, lest we forget it and and we become out of tune. Lest we start singing other melodies and forget who we are and lest others never get to hear that beautiful, beautiful song. And so may we always be like characters in a well-written musical, ready at any moment to break out in song, to let our hearts sing out the melody of God, giving thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.